Sometimes you might feel trapped between the right and the left. No one listens when you say taxation is theft. But there's a place where people know harsh government brings tears. So grab some blue and Adrena Chrome. Let's make the timeline weird. Friends against government. Friends against government. Ah. They're your I mean, that's just that's just my stream name because I speed run Super Metroid, but it's just oh, you know. fuck yes, <laughs> neat, that's neat. Awesome. All right, we'll do Ryan. We'll do Ryan. Yeah, yeah that's thanks, fine. Thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. And how are you, Car Campit? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just coming off a couple wins in volleyball, no big deal. Just stacking those wins and uh, you know, enjoying you, the unlocked life down here. Against, like, who are you playing against, Antifa? Yeah, well, <laughs> we had to, we dispatched them in the early rounds. Now we're. In the early round, they're not very good. Nah. The nah. They wear too nah. much clothing, too. It drags them down. Well, they couldn't yeah. fucking see from all the pepper spray you brought. Right. Yeah, face. it's a cloud cloud over there. It's <laughs> really putting that, the hard uh, arm of the law down on those Antifa terrorists. Is that mm-hmm. the case? Yeah, you can't have you can't have disorder. Bird. No. No, you certainly can't have disorder. Not in these days. Not in 2020. No. No, no. <laughs> you don't want that. Certainly don't want that. But I'm well, sandy uh, as all get out, dude. I'm squirming around right. my chair. I'm sweaty and sandy and that's ready great. to podcast. I'm hearing it. I love so hearing am it. I, but I didn't play a single game of volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played a single frame of volleyball even this entire maybe quarantine? No, because you know what? There's no one, no, no one in my town is willing to leave their fucking house. <laughs> do you, do you do you refer to yourself as a real libertarian ever, or because this is inexcusable if you haven't played volleyball? <sighs> You know, one point. Honestly, truth be told, not a single person on earth is a real libertarian. That's right. That's how how hard I gatekeep. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody gets in. Nobody's a libertarian. Nobody gets in. Nobody has ever been in, and nobody will ever be in. Rothbard was a fucking communist. (laughs) Now, I've tweeted that several times, and people don't bite on it. Yeah. Oh uh, man, so uh, for all the listeners, uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking to Ryan about all manner of things, um, but we're going to try and avoid talking about the elephant in the room because um, Car, you, I, and you know the other one, the employee, uh, we're going to be doing an episode tomorrow where we'll talk a little bit more about that, so hopefully we'll get that out for you tomorrow, the day after release Thursday, and we're going to be going into a little bit of George Floyd. But, uh, Carr, I think I told you my intentions. Uh, I'm going to take us on a little contextual trip uh, into George Floyd's past um, and talk yes. about the time he was uh, – or rather the the police officer who arrested him in uh, Houston back in 2007. So we'll have a good conversation about that. We'll explore that issue and we'll talk about the uh, – probably the looting and the rioting as well. Although I don't know how much the of that I really want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, was, I was burned on Twitter, uh, rightfully so. And so perhaps I will sit that one out. But, Carl, <laughs> I'd like to hear your thoughts uh, on that, uh, your excoriations and such. But until then. I saw that tweet and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I, I know. I, and you know what I did? And you know what I did? I woke up the next morning and I looked and I went, oh, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> that was one that was not pinned in my best hour. Uh, so you know hey man it happens to the best of us yeah sometimes you just gotta let her rip (laughs) and i did and i'm a ripper and you know that you are a ripper nobody can take that away from you yeah if if you ask if you ask anyone on my social media i'm i'm indeed a ripper (laughs) yeah you rip a lot well that's that's great you know why you rip a lot um um first of all i i I asked you before but man it's just such great content i i love talking about the east coast so uh (laughs) At any oh, I am I am fucking dyed in the wool East Coast. If you can't yeah. tell from from the three minutes of me speaking, I am so, uh, very much South Jersey. <laughs> we we we're gonna I guess be talking more about the general rioting tomorrow, but I do want to know how how you are, where you're at, and and how the uh, rioting, perhaps any looting, what's going on. 
Yeah, we we luckily haven't had um, any kind of like really bad activity. Um, we had a peaceful protest about a town over uh, the town I'm in. Um, I'm very very close to the Walt Women Bridge. Um, they shut down the Ben Franklin, but I think the Walt is still open. So if there was going to mm-hmm. be any overflow, it'd be coming through there um, or the Patco trains, and that's all close enough to cause a little bit of worry. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't really think we're going to get all that much. Like our, our our local Walmart closed down and barricaded, but like any any looting that would happen there is is really no different from the regular daily shoplifting it gets. So I don't <laughs> see what their I don't see what their big concern is. Has anyone <laughs> noticed how gay Walmart has been about this whole thing? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Is how is it, how hours have been so restricted beyond what they should be? Like at least really? here. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It, it's like. They open for like thirty minutes a day, and they and everybody yeah. else is open. I don't get it. I don't understand why they're being you know such little little dinkers about it. Little yeah. dinkers about it. Well, now what? Why do you think that is? Is this coronal or is this riotous? Like no, no, this coronal? has been coronal. Coronal, coronal, coronal. Well, coronal origin, yeah. is my it, favorite kind of, sex position. If I'm being perfectly honest, yeah. And, and it's I, it's it's coughing into each other at the same time. Yeah. Also, insertion. Yeah, coughing in my ass. One of those <laughs> It's one of those positions you got to put towards the end, otherwise you will burn out because yeah. it is. Yeah. You can't open with it. It's not an opener. It's not a strong yeah. opener. I'm just gonna close this baby. God, it's just this year has just been an exercise in in a lot of things. Well, well, you know, you know, last month I was like, man, I really wish people would shut the fuck up about the corona. Yeah, and the monkey's I thought, paw yeah. curled a finger, and yeah. here we are. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. And, and we are right here. And it was a long fucking time coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. So, Carr, what about you? You're in a, I mean, definitely a larger city. Yeah, I mean, well, see, we, we've more or less come out of the corona bullshit. Like, we're basically unlocked. Uh, I think there's like you know, some minor about, restrictions on bars, basically at this now, point. What have the what have what has the potential for riots and looting done to that city? Well, Dallas like goes berserk, but Fort Worth is pretty chill. Like we had we had some riders, but I think the police were honestly inciting a little bit more violence than anybody else, and uh, or at least escalating it. Would they do that? Would, would yeah, right. It's, I know it's very difficult to believe. Now, I could be, uh, you know, that could be through my my uh, my uh, rose colored lenses, but uh, it it certainly looked that way. But in any case, there wasn't all that much escalation anyway. But then they slapped a curfew on. So as we're like coming out of this lockdown, we go on curfew for three days. Tomorrow it ends, but. I can do. I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. The whole week, New York's on curfew. The whole week. It's so April. fucking stupid. I mean, Fort Worth. Like, listen, man. If there was a place it was going to go down, it's where I live, and everybody's been. It, it's like any other day, and right. uh, and man, it's just so irritating. Like, why put a curfew? At least take it day by day. They just put a seventy-two hour curfew on. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. We technically have a curfew, but. Uh, I mean, I haven't given a shit about it. No, exactly. That's the thing. That, that's the thing is that nobody gives a shit about it, but all of the businesses do. So, like, I don't care yeah. about driving around or or going over to my neighbors or like walking around in my in my neighborhood. But, um, you know, all the businesses close down, and you know, like a lot of times, like we we go there's like dollar beers at the bar after after uh, volleyball on Wednesdays, and that's like a great thing to go grab a beer with everybody afterwards. And you're like, fucking really, like. Just it's just even, so... even delivery has been really weird. Like Grubhub yeah. will like like restaurants will allow me to place an order between like 10 a.m. and then like 4 p.m. and then after 4 p.m. it's like we're only accepting orders until for for 10 p.m. It's on. just irritating at it's this point. That's fucking bizarre. It's, yeah, it's just so annoying. You're like just fucking stop with this. Like we're done. Like we've been doing this for so long. Just yeah. stop. Car, I like to imagine a scenario where you, I don't know, you and your bros on the beach, on the sands, you know, you're flying up, smacking the ball down, you mm-hmm. know, tremendous sounds, tremendous noises, a lot of sweat and smells. And, um, you Lots know, you hear, runs. you know, it's a, it's from, a the whispers, from the whispers in the crowds, you have, yeah. And, it, and the crowd starts to, part. I'm winking, I'm winking. <laughs> and the crowd parts and, and behind the crowd stand a volleyball team's worth of your boys in blue. And they're looking mm-hmm. at you like, it's time to get off the sand, boys. <laughs> and we have to play them in a best of three. Play them, and you have to play them a best of three. Yeah, and you lose. 
Yeah. Not only you can get a rubber bullet in the balls, they send you right home. You take they send you right home, and the rest of the city goes on lockdown. Let me ask you People question. are looking to fight us. These are these are not like these are like uh, above average police officers. Here we're talking about these are not like thirty five year old. This is like they brought him and they recruited him for this activity. Yeah, yeah, mid twenties. All of them are college. You know, dropouts, but you know what I mean. I don't think None of them stuff. spent a day training as a cop. They just brought him in today. <laughs> they brought him. That's right. So they went do to it? the YMCA and recruited some some uh, some double A volleyball players and just said, "Look, suit up." They, so they say to you, "Let's play well into the night, right?" So you want to? If you beat us, you could play as much as you want for mm-hmm. as long as the curfew goes. But if you lose, you get a rubber bullet to the ball sack and they send you home. And the rest of the city gets locked down. And you know that's happening anyway. But you basically you're given immunity. You and your boys are given immunity. Okay. Would you take that? Would you with the risk of getting a rubber bullet in the ball sack? Yeah, I'd fucking take it. Yeah, you take it. Yeah. How sure are you? You could win. A hundred percent. Ninety nine. How sure are you? This doesn't 65. turn into a Space Jam scenario. Well, <laughs> the trick about Space Jam is understanding these space. Not, these, listen, these are normal cops. Like I said, these are some meatheads. These are space these, cops. They're, they're juicing. Yeah. They're juicing. Well, I'd have to size them up. That's for sure. I'd have to size them up. I need to yeah. size. You know, I need to. So uh, you know what you're saying is you're willing to bargain your liberty <laughs> for. Dude, I, I mean, at this point. At this point, I'm so I, I I'm 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 at wit's end, man. Yeah, are you? You don't. Yeah. Oh, are, the incredulous. Are you after all the texts that you sent for me? Like <laughs> having meltdown after meltdown after meltdown. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's listen. It's I. It's hilarious that you're under another listen, form. Listen, listen. You haven't <laughs> melted down until you've threatened your local police department and your town's oh. local Facebook page. <laughs> that was me week two. So, okay. all right, coming in strong. Coming into coming in hot. <laughs> I was like, because I got, I got the cops called on me for having a barbecue and I was like, I'll turn this into a fucking pig roast. (laughs) (laughs) And all the Karens were just, they were, they were not having it. My brother's a cop. I don't fucking care. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's 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 madness, man. It's just madness. We have you guys are gonna have to update your 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 terms of service, either five dollars or a rubber bullet to the balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the game has changed. The, yeah, that's true. It's twenty twenty. I am you guys, you guys am, are still in twenty fourteen. You gotta get into yeah, twenty twenty. Right. We gotta go ahead. I am in twenty twenty very glad that, you know, despite the the actual circumstances that are made that create these videos. The number of videos that we have from this event of just fully contextualized, completely inexcusable behavior. I mean, this, I don't know. This is something that we haven't seen in a long time. That's true. Some of these videos that we've, I don't know, man. I saw one from Kansas City, Missouri today that was absolutely insane where they'd like, I I think Jake, shout out to Jake, damn woods. he, He put it best. I, I posted a, a like a picture of a police van and there was maybe 20 or 30 police just kind of hanging off of the van as it was driving. And Jake in the comments goes, totally not dressed like the bad guys here. How <laughs> 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 to be some real PR nightmares that are coming. Yeah. Out of the- it's wild, know. man. It's yeah. wild. It's, it's, it's wild. And, and for once, I think even the more wild part about now, it'll never go. I mean, I, I'm not optimistic about this going all the way our way. But I will say that it is interesting to watch a lot of the kind of red block, uh, you know, conservative, conservative movement just mm-hmm. piece by piece falling apart on the cops, you know, and now it's not enough, but it, it, that, that's been interesting. The MAGA people stand strong, Car Campit. Yeah. They stand strong. They have that Antifa narrative. They got that counterinsurgency manual that Q wrote, a.k.a. the CIA wrote. <laughs> They're all following the same playbook, dude. It is fat. We got to get pause on to talk about how Q-tards have been acting lately. It is. Yeah, it's, it, they've, really, yeah really, they've really jumped the shark full recently. Effect, man, really full effect, in full effect. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof. <sighs> well, man, you know what I've been, what I haven't been doing during the quarantine? I haven't been writing a book. <laughs> nice. That's a beautiful segue. That was yeah, cool. yeah. I love it. That one? Very good. Glad. Uh, 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 take us right in, man. Um, yeah. You <laughs> me, what, about a month ago or so? Mm-hmm. 
upon completing it? How how long did it take you to write the whole thing? Um, so like all of my best ideas, it started with a, a Xanax fueled dream that I had mm-hmm. in uh, April of 2019, and like the right. plot to this dream was so fucking good. I was like, man, that would make a great book if only someone would write it. And then in December of 2019, I was like, fuck, I guess I have to do it. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> All your fr- imaginary friends were looking around the room, and you're like, "Oh fuck, it's me, right?" Yeah, I yeah. I was like, "Damn Sorry, it, it's me." Thing. It's me. <laughs> fuck, it's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I had, I have never written anything like this in my life. Uh, you know, I, I, I used to write articles for like a game website about. I, I would like review like fucking retro games and like 360 games and all kinds of shit. Uh-huh. Uh, but I had never like really written anything. Uh, that was like a full story with characters and settings and all this kind of shit. Uh, but I'm a huge nerd, so I was a dungeon master in several D and D campaigns and shit. And my friends were like, "Yo, man, that was like that was really good." And I was like, all right, "I guess maybe I have a knack for this." And I kind of just uh, sat down, slammed a couple mixed drinks, and just got the work. Oh man! So cool. walk us right in. Title everything. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's called Project Manticore, and it takes place on Petty Island, which is – it's just a small island between Camden and Philadelphia. Is that like a Tom Petty cover island? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. I would like that. I, I'm personally not a big Tom Petty fan, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's because I work with a lady that looks like him. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird reason for not liking somebody's music. Well, I hate Tom Petty. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just a, uh, it's like a science fiction dystopian uh, novel and, you know, now that it's done and I'm looking at everything that's happening, I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah, am, I fuck, am I fucking Nostradamus? What happened here? <laughs> I was uh, going to say, what, what caused you to really write exactly that kind of a story? Because it wasn't, I mean, you re- happened to release it during what appears to be a science fiction dystopia. That, that was that was the wildest part because like I like I said, I had started writing it in, in December of last year. And, oh man, so and, it kind of, as it was unfolding. Yeah, the whole the whole backdrop was like, you know, China starts this massive uh, conquest of like all of Europe and they make their way all the way over to uh, the UK and the United States purposefully waits to get involved with the conflict until the very last second so that they can be the big heroes and then they absorb all of Canada and South America and become this gigantic fucking centralized authoritarian state. Uh. What if that uh, what if that Xanax fueled uh, nightmare was actually you were just mixing up time and you were you were actually behind the events and you were actually just like really lousy secondhand reporting of the news? <laughs> <laughs> that that may end up being the case because um, because what also happens in the book is um, the federal government takes over all of social media, takes over the media, like the it. the news media. Yeah. <laughs> God. Everyone, I am sorry. <laughs> you say, what other parallels from the book have you have you thought about in in light of recent events? Well, one of the, one of the the major themes one of the major themes is conscription, which mm-hmm. that's that's at this point that's going to be August's fucking plague. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mandatory two years of military service. But yeah, so that's and that's really just that's just the backdrop. Like I, I wasn't trying to write a a war novel. It's just that is what kind of brought the characters and the people in this universe to where they're at, and uh, it, it it reaches the point where quote unquote crimes against the state are punishable by death, and they publicly execute people on the federal news network. They do all that already, more or less. Right. More so, or less, yeah. I mean, we've got footage of the police murdering somebody. And publicly, that's right. They just publicly executed somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So any I mean, of, it, in fact, not not just George Floyd, but any number of the people they used gas on, they could have executed any number of them. Except, yeah. except in this version, there's picture in picture of the judge, like in a little box, like writing legal precedent for it every time, like live. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, this, this is legal. Here we go. Who's gonna finish first? Who's gonna finish first? Oh, the judge! It's legal. 
<laughs> and the judge wins. <laughs> I, wish, I, wish would, I really wish they would stop calling it martial law because all that it does is suspend law. It's not really law. I wish they would just go, all right, cops are doing whatever they want. Let's just, everybody just recognize that and stay inside. I, I heard somebody contextualize it by going, you know, this thing suspends the Constitution. I was like, did can a document do that? Can it yeah. suspend <laughs> like, Is that something it's allowed to do? That seems like a poor thing to write in. Oh, God. Yeah, we're like we're living closer and closer to that. Does your book say anything about how they, they uh, try and classify um, a, like all anarchists as terrorists? Um, <laughs> Are we there yet? Sadly, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's one of the things. Two of the two of the main characters. There's a a, a group of four that comprise the main cast, and mm-hmm. two of them are anarchists, and they were sentenced to be executed for anti-government propaganda. Uh, mm-hmm. The other two got caught stealing food rations, and they mm-hmm. were sentenced to death. Uh, but they they got their sentences commuted to take part in an operation on Petty Island. And they're like, why the hell are we not getting executed? What are we being sent here for? And they're there because all four of them, despite being in um, different areas of the United States military, were all involved in the final uh, battle, basically, that won the war for the United States. So they brought them in purely for their military experience, despite the fact that it was a forced two-year um, tour. Mm. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, don't like I know, it. I know. They say art imitates life, but I think this one's like reverse. Like I wrote it, and, and like as I'm writing it, I'm watching the news, and I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. it's, it brings into perspective the fact that all the, the Q people, all of the, all the Alex Jonesers, like all the MAGA guys, like they were all talking about how Hillary Clinton was going to institute the new world order. And I don't know whether or not that's true, but this president <laughs> is certainly <not laughs> He's making a valiant effort. Yeah, yeah, he's really not avoiding doing that. <laughs> that's Yeah. Oh man. What um what, so uh, what about the book do you hope people pick up? What is are there, what messages in there are you trying to let people know? Well, one of the things that I was really trying to do when I was writing it is that I I didn't want to beat people over the head with like libertarian philosophy like it's it's clearly in there but i wanted the book to just be good whether you were you know whether you're a freedom lover or not like That's if not you're like libertarian of you i know i picture from our usual uh, order of operations i fucking shredded my libertarian card right before i came into this call dude we're good <laughs> yeah. uh, but no i i wanted it to be enjoyable first and foremost but the 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 themes of freedom force coercion are all there um there are some that become very prevalent in the second act uh but i don't want to say too much about that to spoil anything but uh you know just the fact that people are arrested and executed for speaking out against the state we have forced uh conscription they take the the government takes over the economy it's like full-blown mainline fascism collectivism across the board and mm-hmm. people just aren't having it and the the characters are uh you know old enough to reminisce about before all of that shit started and you kind of get to see the contrast between even a semi-free state versus the one they're in now mm. <sighs> who are your inspirations for writing this have you read any highland I have. Um, actually, I, my wife just got done reading The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Well, she listened to the audiobook, so I kind of got to like read it again in a way. And it was okay. just like, God damn, that dude was on point. Mm. Uh, but, but honestly, my, my biggest inspiration was uh, Andrei Sapkowski, who wrote uh, The Witcher series. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the Witcher books are phenomenal because – he doesn't dawdle, you know, it's not like reading Tolkien where you got to read a fucking chapter and a half describing a blade of grass. Like I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like put people to sleep. Like I can describe the setting without having to explain what every face on the fucking rock looks like, you know? Right. Yep. And so I, I wanted to make sure that it kept moving and that it always felt like it was building towards something. And, uh, my wife edited it because she reads 
constantly. So she knows all the grammar rules and, and all that stuff. And I'm just, I'm new to this, you know, I haven't written a paper in Jesus Christ, like 12 years. So, <laughs> so writing 65,000 words for a book was a, a, a different animal for sure. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you do that process? You know, I was lucky because the dream I had had a very clear beginning, middle and end. And I woke up at like 415 in the morning and typed it rapidly into my phone, just like full of spelling errors. I didn't have my glasses on. So it was just like, it's just a fucking nightmare. What did you type? How, like, how did you type that out? I'm seriously, because I, sometimes I have, not that this would be a shock to anybody, but sometimes I have these very profoundly strange thoughts that I wish I could write down and do more things with. So how do you do that? Do you straight up, you get out of bed and you go to your phone and you just start manically writing everything you can remember? Yeah, I, I opened up. Yeah, because like I, that's the thing. I don't want to forget it. I'm like, I can't go back to sleep yet. So I opened up like my memo app and I just typed like, character gets arrested for crime, gets sent to island to take part in military operation. Blah, blah, blah. I just typed it all out and then like the next morning i was like you know i had to decipher my own fucking like half awake hieroglyphs and everything but it oh man that was that was basically it when you get the when you do that oh shit i wake up at four in the morning and i have that weird thought you write it down and then you wake up the next morning and you go i I still remember what's going on was i was i speaking in tongues when i wrote this what the fuck is this a lot of times i'll do this with tweets where I'll write, I mean, I probably have hundreds of tweets in my drafts, and I mark them. I usually put at the end, I'll put an X, just so I know when it was written at night. And, mm-hmm. and most of the time, they're garbage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, they're indecipherable. It's indecipherable nonsense. But sometimes, I'll just I'll get rid of the X and post it, and just see what happens, and see if people read it. So, yeah, I'm quite familiar with the, uh, the in the middle of the night, waking up, having to write things down. Is that how you... Is that a writing process for you? Have you used that before? I, you know, like I said, uh, I mean, I'm I'm new to all this, so I don't know what the standard writing process was. Mine I was. Think, I was going to say, I don't think there is such a thing as a standard writing process. I think everybody has their own weird tick to it. Yeah, you- my my process was. I had a cool dream. I wrote down a quick synopsis in my phone, and then I just got drunk over a period of months and extrapolated it out into a novel. <laughs> yes, I mean that's likely how a lot of scriptures were written of I think, <laughs> potentially be very lightning things you could do in states like that yeah uh, yeah uh, what are you what are you most proud of about the writing the book about what's in the book everything honestly i i think i'm most proud about the cover i i hired a, a freelance artist based in the uk and uh he banged it out for me in like two weeks and nice. i was like this is incredible. And I feel like I criminally underpaid him. I was like, I was like, is like $200 cool? He's like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, okay. He brought a lot of that life to what was already in your head. Like he did it the right way. Oh, absolutely. Because what I sent him for a reference image was a picture of uh, the Walt Whitman bridge from Gloucester city, looking over to Philadelphia. Mm. And he captured that aesthetic and just brought it into the 2140s. What do we, what is the setting? Yeah, the setting is like, what is the setting? Yeah. The setting is, is basically the tri-state area. It's, it's Philly people. It's Jersey people. Since it takes place between the two, all of the characters in the book, um, save for like some of the, the, uh, I guess you would call them your, the, the villains. All of the characters are just archetypes of, myself people i know um it's just like you read that dialogue that's that's how we speak in south jersey and yes and philadelphia so it's it's a very realistic representation i was actually kind of hesitant because there's just so much uh vulgarity but you know if you're in a life-threatening situation you're not going to be like darn guys we really need to get out of here you're going to be like yo we need to get the fuck out of here yeah yeah yeah. and and i always props for capturing you know our our our, um skilled tongues our skilled use of language over here it's it's a survival mechanism out here man (laughs) did you uh, did you draw inspiration from other from like other kind of like more sci-fi or dystopian authors. I know we covered a little bit of Heinlein and, and, and uh, things like that, but, but is there any more like low key writers that you, that you turn to for, cause I know that's, that's been, that's always been kind of like a, a, a 
popular amongst libertarian genres, that libertarian sci-fi genre that, uh, uh, is pretty pervasive. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually drew a lot of in, uh, inspiration from The Expanse, uh, which is a spectacular show on Amazon. Um, I actually have not read the books yet, but from what I've read, the show mimics the books very, very closely. Um, and same thing, it's the, it's the pacing, it's uh, giving background on the characters and, and making them feel human. You know, these these aren't like superheroes that are like oh we're gonna go kill this thing and you know they're doing all this crazy shit like these are humans i i make sure that their their personality comes out in their dialogue and and how they react to certain situations and uh, i feel bad for them because i put them through some serious shit uh (laughs) but you know i i wanted i wanted to highlight the human element because you know when we we all sit here and wax philosophical about liberty and freedom and stuff and it's and it's easy to just brush that off as like oh you're just like fringe libertarian types but when you when you can demonstrate what it means to use force on somebody to do a certain thing or to aggress against somebody and you see the way those people react in those situations both the aggressors and the people being aggressed I just I, I wanted to make sure that that shone through is that it's like these are people that this is happening to yeah. Oh man, I could never do it. I don't have the ability to tap into other people's. I have an empathy problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to be able to do that. Do you feel like a personal connection to your characters? Do you feel like you will be revisiting some of their life experiences? We're going to be fucking living them soon <laughs> if, if things keep going the way they're going. Yeah, yeah, that's true enough. Shit. Oh man. What is the what are what is the technology like? Like what 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 defines your science fiction? I actually didn't want to go like super hard sci-fi with like fucking lasers and spaceships and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I I opted for something that is kind of like um, near future possibility. Like they have flying cars, but they're basically oversized drones. They're dangerous as hell, but they're federally mandated. <laughs> because they because they reduce they reduce pollution. Of course. Um, so you know, yeah, I I had to riff on on so federal your, regulations. Your version of sci-fi in line with like George Orwell, like that's to you what your sci-fi looks like. It yeah, like it would it, it would probably be closer to something like Orwell's, where it's it's a it's it's a realistic expectation although again i hope it doesn't end up like this but it's the the technology is realistic they're still using they're still using um you know standard rifle ammunition you know it's all still combustible it's different but it's all still combustion based Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's no lasers or any of that shit they don't have like shields they have better armor but they no like shields and fucking lightsabers or any of that did you did you pick the the realistic like the actual like where you're from where you know human beings did you pick that on purpose because uh, you seem like especially if you're saying you were a DM you were a you know you'd think fantasy high fantasy or even low fantasy what was the specific choice not to do that Yeah well um despite the fact that like I played a lot of D&D um I actually preferred um, D20 modern and like Starfinder, which is like the oh, sci-fi yeah. versions okay. because like high fantasy to me is just boring at this point. It's like everybody's seen fucking knights and elves and shit. And it could be argued that sci-fi has been done too. Like sci-fi dystopia is just like, it's, it's been done a million times, but I, I figured that if I could add my own kind of spin on it and you know, I, that's why I picked the setting to be an area I'm familiar with. I know this area. I know what the people are like. I know what the landscape is like, and I felt like I would be able to write a more convincing story with something a little more familiar. Plus, you know, maybe it'll give maybe it'll give some people in Jersey something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Have you gotten a lot of support for it? Have you blown it up yet? A lot of people are buying it. What's the deal? I know Amazon can be a real hassle sometimes. I, I've actually been very lucky that like I have a pretty great uh, support group. Uh, Pete Quinones of uh, Free Man Beyond the Wall. He shared it, and cool. It, it was it was great. Yeah, um, I bought him a copy, and um, 
yeah, I've actually gotten some really good response, which I I wasn't expecting, but I'm 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 really glad to uh, to receive. Are you gonna do more if you get a good response? I actually already started. I actually already started writing book two uh, just just yesterday. Is it part of the same series or, or uh, a new one altogether? No, this is a new one altogether, actually. Uh, but I'm kind of gonna I'm I'm kind of going the Stephen King route. I'm like all of my books are going to reference each other, even if it's just in very small ways. Oh, okay. Uh, so that so that it's like they all take place in the same overall universe. Well, Bird and I have like a little bit of a sci-fi project. Um, it's more of a reality show, actually, uh, that we need a writer for. I don't know if you're interested in that. I would love to help you out with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. keep you in mind. Now, now, are you talking about the bag? What are you talking about? Yeah, talking about the bag. And just okay. to do the bag. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good to All know. Right. Yeah, we could definitely use whatever help you're willing to extend to us uh, in writing a Listen, I'm working from home right now. I'm escaping this hellhole in a few weeks. Right. We are, we are go. <laughs> we are right. go. Okay, good. Yeah. Very, very good. We'll talk to you off air then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but in, but really, are you going to do the? How about you do the Stephen King thing where you write forty thousand books? Are you going to try that? <laughs> um, only if this proves lucrative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, if I break even, I'll be happy. I'm like, I'm about $500 in on this book. I'm not going to miss, I have spent $500 on less. So, uh, you know, for something that, uh, it's weird. Like I always thought like, man, I should write a book, but I was always scared to. And that's why it took me from April of 2019 until December of 2019 to finally just be like, no, just write the damn thing. And, And that's, that was really all it took. It was just like, sit down and start putting some words on paper. What other artistic mediums do you feel like you're going to branch out into? You're going to do art pastel, maybe you'll do <laughs> cooking. What paper do you think? Yeah. Um, I am actually a fucking spectacular cook already. Um, oh. Oh, I have been, great. I have been watching the food network since it was a channel in uh, 1995. <laughs> I think was when it started. Wow. I was, I was four years old. Alive. Yeah, I was four years old, and I've been watching the cooking channel ever since it was a thing. It's oh, it is ninety nine percent of the reason I have been with any of the women I've been with in my life. There you <laughs> is go. your food is your ability to cook? Oh yeah, they no. fucking love it. What's your opinion no. on Triple D? Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Hell yeah, dude! Listen, people like to talk shit about Guy Fieri. All right, and I get it. The dude's What's- a fucking dumpster fire. But I'll be damned if Triple D isn't one of the most entertaining shows. <laughs> I love that shit. God what damn about, right. What about Triple G, Car? I don't ever hear you talking about Guy's Grocery Games. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, man. So Guy Fieri, he's you know he's a super billionaire, right? He's one it's, of fucking, it's Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, it's, okay. it's Supermarket it's super sweep. sweep. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. They, go, they, they got to go to the supermarket. They got to find stuff, and then they cook it in the supermarket. It's, it's my God. It is really another medium for the Fier to uh, shine. <laughs> that sounds like a good platform for him to, to jump off of. Yeah. You think we could get him for the, for the TV show? What's that? Do you think we could get him for our, you know? Ooh, yeah. You know? God. Yeah, we got to sell him on it. We need, we, need, we need the screenplay first. We need the is screenwriting first. Is it big first. enough? Is it big enough? Is, the is, big the, enough? is, the, is it big enough to, for him to physically fit in it with 13? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he will be able to fit, but the sunglasses backwards on his head will not. Yeah, something's got to go. Something's got to oh, Listen, either you got to lose it, you got to lose the fucking fi- the flame button up t shirt or the, <laughs> the sunglasses on the back of your head. You got to pick that's the leave inside of it. That is, that's the that's the tagline for season two is you got to lose those glasses and get in that bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's crazy. Imagine fucking being fucking in the bag. bag with, imagine being, being in the bag with guys. Imagine yeah. really. Imagine being in the bag. Now that's that is a TV show. Yeah. Can and you last hair. twenty minutes in the bag with guy? The hair has to be like da- dangerous. I bet he can direct be. heat with it. Oh, oh. <laughs> How do you think he gets such a good sear on his steaks? Armpit. <laughs> <laughs> Just sweating profusely out of one armpit yeah. for five minutes. You get it. It would be kind of. 
fantastic to put all the TV chefs into the bag. Yeah. Like, uh, like Mario Batali stuff at that fucking. So stuff of that nature. We could do like uh, Mar- Mario Batali would have to lop off a hand with those fucking sausage fingers. He's got yeah. He would not fit into the bag. <laughs> No, that guy's not into a bag. He's in there. <laughs> no, yeah, Mario Batali's got to check himself into luggage. He's not making it into the bag. <laughs> yeah. You know what I was thinking? You know what I was thinking we could use? You have a car, you're a baseball guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Murder Beam, are you a baseball guy? Not particularly. I know enough about it, but. All right. So, yeah, have you, you. Obviously, I'm sure you've seen them when they roll out the tarp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the bag, I'm thinking. Okay. So oh, okay, okay. Really yeah. big, because there's got to be 40 or 50 Instagram models in it. That's got to be like a Hispanic spinoff, though, because they got to like roll it up like an enchilada. <laughs> I'm not even going to begin to try and unpack that thought. I'm going to go, go, go. Los Listen, I'm I'm thinking, well, listen, if Japan ever gets their hands on this idea, that's going to be out of control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just gonna be people in the bag anymore. There's All like sorts of stuff. Yeah. Cats, fruit, rotting fruits in the bag. Yeah. Anything? Yo, we've got plenty of rotting fruit, man. Anything we got plenty. Construction anything, equipment. Anything goes in that bag. That's season three. <laughs> it's a grab bag. That's what it's called. A good cat grab bag. Grab bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, oh it, is, it is it is good to spend curfew uh with you yeah. <laughs> with you uh i hope everybody is staying yeah, safe. It, really, it really is heartwarming that we can all be prisoners in our own homes together like this on the internet <laughs> yes. Yes. again isn't, isn't technology beautiful it sure we've is been, we've been bamboozled again we've been bamboozled again yeah boogaloo boys are, are white supremacists now things have changed oh fuck I'm wearing my Hawaiian t-shirt right now. Am I a white supremacist? Did you see the Wikipedia article? In fact, let's do it right now. I'm going to read uh, it right now. Let me, let me see it. Drop it into chat. Let me see this. Okay. I will drop it into chat, in fact. Thank you, Zencaster, for being a very good Oh, we got to chat in Zencaster, huh? Yes, oh, oh, yeah. Can I, can, I, can I do the ad bumper? Sure. Yeah, sure. If you guys enjoy the show and you feel like you're betting, benefiting from it, please you can donate at uh, patreon.com slash Raider or at freemanbeyondthewall.com slash donate. Yes, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Very good. Uh, and you can do it for the year or you can do it monthly and you can do it for fiat or for crypto. And and and, and seriously, um, go buy his movie. Yeah. I gotta do that. Oh my god, dude! I I stayed up waiting for it to upload, and he was having it. he had some technical difficulties, but I watched it the following day, and it was absolutely incredible. It rocked. All right, let's get into this. And this hurts, man, because you know this really like uh, uncovers what a lot of people always say about Wikipedia about how you know not really a very right in the first sentence far right extremist movement. Now yeah. listen. This is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Listen, just listen. Wikipedia is not at fault here in the sense that this is all cited <laughs> by different people who've written articles and these people need to be investigated because these people are being paid by some government agency yeah. or something. Because I have read I have read specifically the article that was written by and I want to say his name was David Charter, and it was a, an actual article on JSTOR, and I got it through college, and it was about the Boogaloo. I, I'm pretty sure it was that guy, and it was about the Boogaloo, and none of it, none of it sounded like anything that I have ever associated with the Boogaloo Boys. Now, that may just be because the Boogaloo Boys we know generated separately, like an evolutionary break off of whatever the hell these people are talking about. I don't know. But all I know is whatever the hell we're about to read here does not describe anybody who's been on this show, anybody who ever will be on this show, or pretty much anybody who I ever associated with the term Boogaloo. Um, now, the real question is, is there a Wikipedia article for the Noogaloo? No. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But there I'm about to become a journo so I can just write there a shitload of articles baby. about it. <laughs> And get you know a Wikipedia what? article written. You know what? You really bring a good thought up that we let that guy off the hook this year because, you know, last year was his year. 
but there has been a dissent. I don't know if anybody has seen as of late. Oh, of man, course, yeah. protesting and the riots. You know, of course, there's some individuals have a particular colored set of glasses on when they look at these riots and they ignore, you know, the large swaths of people outside of that skin color and they go, oh, my God. This is an uprising of this specific skin color group, and that was that's pretty much where we're at with Stefan Molyneux right now, and it is really it it is. <laughs> disappointed, but not surprised. Not, yeah, not surprised. Okay, let's begin. <clears throat> Let me just try and get through this, because this is going to be something else. This is the Boogaloo Movement Wikipedia article at wikipedia.org slash wiki slash boogaloo underscore movement. <laughs> The Boogaloo Movement, members of which are often referred to as Boogaloo Boys or Boogaloo Boys with an I, is a loosely organized American far-right extremist movement. Members of the Boogaloo Movement say they are preparing for a second civil American Civil War, which they call the Boogaloo. Members use the term to refer to violent uprisings against the federal government or left-wing political opponents, often anticipated to follow government confiscation firearms. The movement consists of anti-government and anti-law enforcement groups, as well as white supremacist groups, because none of them are, are pro-law enforcement, uh, who <laughs> believe the unrest will be a race war. Groups in the Boogaloo movement primarily organize online, particularly on Facebook. So at least we're okay there, guys. I haven't seen much. I, only, I, I don't even have a Facebook. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> we are blind on that front. Events including the 2020 United States anti-lockdown protests and the May 2020 George Floyd protests identified by their attire of Hawaiian shirts and military fatigues. I want to just give one more because this is this this one's funny. Beliefs and structure. Let's see how close we are to the to the people we know, because, look, this this does two things. It exonerates the people we know who don't believe the things that they're saying, but it also kind of means that. You either got to get rid of the boogaloo term or you got to try and take it away from these motherfuckers. <laughs> so, good luck in your decision. Uh, I will read beliefs and structure. Members of boogaloo groups, boogaloo groups, Jesus Christ. I members, know. Of, <laughs> members of boogaloo groups typically believe in accelerationism and support any action that will speed impending civil war and eventually the collapse of society. According to very reliable news source, The Economist, to this end, <laughs> boogaloo group members have supported the, quote, spreading of disinformation and conspiracy theories, attacks on infrastructure such as that of New York's 311 line and lone wolf terrorism. Some Boogaloo groups are also white supremacists and specifically believe that the Boogaloo will be a race war, but there are others that condemn racism. Attempts, that's good. Attempts to, if you didn't know, that attempts to buy some elements of the Boogaloo movement to support anti-racist groups such as Black Lives Matter have been met with wariness and skepticism. Some members of the movement claim the group and its ideology are nothing more than online jokes. However, law enforcement and researchers, very reliable, maintain that people connected to the groups have been implicated in plans to commit real-world violence. The Tech Transparency Project, I'm sure that isn't a fucking... <laughs> George yeah. Soros funded. <laughs> what even is that? Dude, Orwell is turning in his fucking grave. He's like, man, I thought I came up with some dystopian shit. All right, do me a favor, and while I'm reading this, can you just look up the oh, I'm already, transparency I'm already project? On it. I'm Thank already on much. it, yeah. The Tech Transparency Project has observed that while public posts on Boogaloo Facebook pages tend to be satirical, Members of private Boogaloo groups, quote, exchanged detailed information and tactics on how to organize and execute a revolt against American authorities. Where are these guys? We need their help. <laughs> Some of the private groups ban the sharing of memes to keep conversation focused on serious topics. The NCRI has also commented on the mix of serious and joking content, writing, quote, this ambiguity is a key feature of the problem. Like a virus hiding from the immune system, the use of comical meme language permits the network to organize violence secretly behind a mirage of inside jokes and plausible deniability. According I don't know why the National Council of Resistance of Iran would give a shit about that, but whatever. <laughs> is that what it is? Please don't tell me that's actually where they're from. 
Oh God, thank God, no. Either but either you, that you, or the National yeah. Cancer Research no, Institute. No, this, Both groups have this. no reason to care. <laughs> listen to the name of this, another one of these. I don't know who to blame. So I'm going to call it the Joint George Soros Koch Brother Funded Institutes that these things are. Listen to the name of the NCRI, the Network Contagion Research Institute. Is the oh, name for Christ's sake. That is telling us that like a virus in the immune system, the use of comical meme language. This is insane. Okay, one more. According Google to the, responsible for COVID confirmed. Oh, look, look at this. According to the non, all right, they say it here. According to the nonprofit Network Contagion Research Institute, whew, that sounds like some Soviet shit. Uh, <laughs> the Boogaloo movement organized on mainstream online platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, aka all platforms online, as well as on more obscure platforms such as 4chan. Bellingcat, and again, Bellingcat, of course, an incredibly useful organization. Very. Not at all biased in any sense. Nope. <laughs> um, definitely didn't cover up the white hats. Uh, never mind. Bellingcat identified Facebook as a pri- particularly important platform for the movement and that the movement numbers in the tens of thousands. The NCRI researchers also estimate that the movement has tens of thousands of members. Man, I'd love to read the history of this, but it's too long. How do you guys feel about that? How do you feel about that characterization of our... Well, look, I mean, look, I think it was like January of this year, J.K. Rowling told me I was gay. So I guess the NCRI can just tell me I'm a white supremacist. Okay. (laughs) It's a new world, man. Imagine getting roasted with an insult from the 90s in 2020 by the writer of the Harry Potter books. That's <laughs> wild times, man. Holy oh, Christ. The Boogaloo Boys, if you're out there, I mean, listen, if, the, if you're white supremacist, stop that. That's crazy. Why would you be that? That's insane. But uh, if you're not white supremacist and you're Boogaloo Boys, which basically I guess would mean that you don't like law enforcement – you know, that's awesome. Congratulations. In, in, in my experience of speaking to Boogaloo boys, um, mm-hmm. m- an overwhelming majority of them are not racist. No, an um, overwhelming majority of them appear to be frat guys. Surprisingly enough. <laughs> it's just guys who – I it's a big frat from what, from what it looks like on the outside. I just tell people I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan. They're not I mean, the wiser. Like there are race war accelerationists. I mean, you're seeing a whole lot of them out there, by the way, and a lot of them have, uh, you know, badges. First of yeah. all, uh, yeah. I mean, by the way, there's lots of. Let's talk about all the the Facebook posts. Let's talk about where uh, white supremacists congregate on Facebook. Let's talk about all the Facebook reveals of all these guys who are cops who then get you know spotted at the rallies, mason people, and all that. Right. That's maybe that's where. Uh, the white supremacists are organizing on Facebook. Might be in your local police union. No joke, uh, man. It's so it's like you want to you want to find some white supremacists. Go go to the cops. Jesus. A, yeah. Uh, so and not just that, but there's a lot of left wing accelerationists too. Now, from what I understand, and this is fucking crazy, that that guy who was paying those guys to riot. I'm sure you've seen this video. That Donald Trump got his hands on that video and quote tweeted it and said, "We're coming for you" or something like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a guy who was paying what appeared to be he was giving money to two gentlemen at the protests. Uh, the the video that Donald Trump quoted had alleged that the gentleman was paying the other two gentlemen to riot. Now, that's not obviously there's no there's no evidence of that as a fact. Of course, it's simply the video is the only piece of evidence and you can't see even what's exchanged because a man is blocking whatever is being exchanged and you can't tell what he's referencing. He only says there's a table over there. Uh, so it seems as if he's actually talking about distributing supplies, uh, but we don't know. But that didn't matter to Donald Trump, who quote tweeted and said, we're coming for you. So that's uh, very interesting what's going on. So again, if you want to talk about uh, uh, accelerationists on, on, on the right, you got the people who are probably cops. And then you got all the people who are saying, hey, there's people paying people to riot. We got to stop this thing with military force. So that's your right wing accelerationists. Mm. <laughs> so- if any of you right wing accelerationists are out there, stop it. It's not helpful. <laughs> it's really not helpful. I don't know where you think you're going with this because it's not helpful. It's really not helpful to anyone. Please uh, read read my book and you'll see exactly where it will take you. <laughs> read the book. 
That's a good uh, idea. Look up, you know, doing a lot of research on the Russian Revolution. You know what they were? They were left-wing accelerationists. <laughs> Didn't work out well for very long. Uh, usually trying to push the can along the road, you end up just kicking it into a fucking sewer. <laughs> and, and that's it. So let's let's all take it easy. I think, uh, you know, it is universally good is that there appears to be a universal agreement that the first day of the rioting was what had some nobility to it when they went and they got into the precinct. So that was good, but that has since dissipated so quickly and it's just become complete madness. Oh yeah, dude. They, they burned gallons of horsey sauce at that Arby's. Gallons. Gallons. (laughs) Gallons of ridiculous. And who knows how many fucking home consumer goods at target. It's outrageous. Yeah. Really Really insane. And and one police horse got stolen. Shout the fuck out to that guy. What a hero. <laughs> yeah. Where is he hiding guy. it? I don't know. There's no stables. There's no stables in Minneapolis. You know what? It yeah, it's a, he just rode it to town. Maybe rode it to Mexico. I was going <laughs> to say. That was a question. That if rode it to Mexico to become a tarp roller for the bag. <laughs> for the front bag. <laughs> uh, if you were to steal it's an animal. We know, we, know, we know what you would be perfect for. I feel like you need to have some experience if you're going to do that, right? Like, you can't yeah. just – poor animal is like, all right, we're going on a ride. It's like has no idea what's going on. Yeah, I hope he, I hope that guy's taking care of that horse, uh, and I hope that horse is having a good time. Um, what else Me too, happened? Bird. Just in brief, that, that one guy in the Bronx, that cop got ragdolled by that uh, Subaru. Jesus yeah. Christ. That's get, it's getting wild out there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Subarus are great cars. <laughs> Subi, <laughs> shout out. Shout out, Subs. Uh, shout out, yeah. Subaru. Everybody be careful. If you're going out to protests, uh, uh, there's lots of information that you should familiarize yourself with. Uh, just make sure you do that. Be very, very safe. And keep it uh, calm. No violence, please. It's not going to help. I promise. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Boy, am I happy to now take a sip of this white claw. Yeah, oh, I need to. I need anarchy to in a can, there. baby. Anarchy, anarchy in a can. Uh, 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 Murder Beam, give us your pluggies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find the book at just ryanbunting.com. That's B U N T I N G. Um, I also am doing, I do graphic design. Uh, I designed uh, Pete Quinones' podcast artwork. So oh, if you. Oh, really? That's yes. awesome. Yeah, so if oh, you listen God. to Free Man Beyond the Wall and you see that he changed his uh, his podcast icon, that was me. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, That's you know, if you put a picture for me, like I always associate him with that specific picture. So there you go. Pretty awesome. Yeah, so, so if you have a podcast or if you do like Twitch streaming and stuff like that, there's also a page for that on there. And uh, yeah, you know, get in touch, read the book, let me know what you think. If you like it, leave it a review on Amazon. If you don't, uh, keep it to yourself. Well, there you go. And Car Campit, do you have any plugs that you want to give? Do you want to uh, tell us the record? No, man. Maybe? No. You want to give uh, us your volleyball record? Uh, I did. I've been doing well. Doing well. We just had our first league game. Uh, we went two and one. Won the first two oh, games, so the third one didn't oh, matter. That What's means that? the standings are back. The standings are back, my friend. Whoa. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. All right. Well, Monday, though, so they won't, they won't be updated for another four or five weeks. Yeah, that's bullshit. But, Carr, can I tell you something you should do? What's that? I, and I think all the listeners would be very interested in this. Do you know how some people <clears> – it <throat> used to be more of a trend a few years ago, but some people still do it, where you take your team during your season – and you put in parentheses next to your name, your record. I think people would be very interested in knowing your win and okay. loss record. Yes, okay. car camp it, parentheses, win, loss. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm you all about that? it. So you're 1-0 right now. Yep, we're 1-0. I'm going to start a fucking fantasy league for this volleyball. Dude, <sighs> I'm, I'm, I mean, literally, I've been in, locked inside for what's going on uh, almost a millennium. So it's just it's this. I'm through this. All right. I'm so I'm going to, I'm going to throw this in. I may have to, so I need to see if they're scoring it by game or by match. Uh, but right uh-huh. now I think it's by, by, you know, series of games or, or match. And we went two of three. So I think we won the match. So I'm going to put one or no, but I may update it if they score it differently. But well, I personally, I, it's up to you to decide how you want to track it. I think I would go every time you win us a game and lose a game, okay. whatever, the, whatever the minimum unit of of win and loss could potentially be, I think that would be good. 
Okay. I don't know. It's up to you. It's up to you. You know why I think it would be good? Because it would be much more active. You know what I mean? Sure. It would be much more dynamic. People would yeah. be like, whoa, did you lose yesterday? Oh, like, yeah, like you, well, I may wake up one day and it might say 1215 and I go, oh shit, he was even yesterday. Bad day, huh? Car camping. It's going to be great. I'm telling you. Sure. Yeah, but you know what? Having to update it so often just might be a problem with his just fucking ah, overwhelming clinical so horniness as of lately. He's just going to be too busy cranking one out to fucking change his name on Twitter, man. Right. And Car, I do appreciate that even despite your condition, you managed to show up today. I yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. You know, doing a podcast with a full-on rager is very difficult. Terminally horny. Horny volleyball player shows up for podcast. <laughs> That's a Vice article if I ever heard one. Yeah, right. Yeah. And on that, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit stop recording. Oh, before I before I do that, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, I don't know if I've said this before, but if I haven't, uh, uh, this is important. And if I have, excuse me. Uh, go and find your local bail fund. Go and donate to your local bail fund. Go and find your local mutual aid society. Go and donate to them. If you want to be helpful, especially during a time like this, there's some very good options where you can help your own community. That's it. And let us... Keep two hands on the wheel. Whoa!